Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, November 5th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. So I guess I probably ought to talk about the Fed today, eh? So yeah, the Federal Reserve wrapped up its November FOMC meeting on Wednesday, and it finally did something other than talk. Up to this point, we've had Fed meeting after Fed meeting where we got nothing but what I like to call open mouth operations. Powell opens his mouth and the markets jump like a marionette. But at this meeting, the central bank actually announced it will begin to taper its massive quantitative easing program. And the markets basically yawned. Apparently, what the Fed might do is a lot more interesting than what the Fed actually does. So what exactly is the central bank doing? Well, since the onset of the coronavirus pandemic, the Fed has purchased roughly $120 billion in treasuries and mortgage-backed securities every single month, injecting trillions of dollars in newly printed money into the economy. Beginning later this month, the Fed says it will taper bond buying by about $15 billion per month. In its statement, the Fed said the taper is justified, quote, in light of the substantial further progress the economy has made. The central bank will reduce its treasury purchases by about $10 billion a month and its purchases of mortgage-backed securities by about $5 billion a month. The FOMC statement said, quote, It judges that similar reductions in the pace of net asset purchases will likely be appropriate each month. But it emphasized it is prepared to adjust the pace of purchases if warranted by changes in the economic outlook. Now, that's Fed speak for we left ourselves an out to continue QE into the future. In, in other words, this taper might be really, really short if the economy happens to get jittery. Meanwhile, interest rates will remain at zero, and the central bank gave no hint as to when rate increases might be in the cards. The Fed continues to cling to the transitory inflation narrative, saying, quote, the committee will aim to achieve inflation moderately above 2% for some time so that inflation averages 2% over time and longer-term inflation expectations remain well anchored at 2%. It's the magical 2%. So last time I checked, the CPI has been running above 5% on an annual basis for five straight months. What in the heck does the Fed mean by moderately over 2%. What is moderately? I mean, I think 5 is a little more than moderately over 2, right? When I hear moderately, I think maybe 3, 3.5 max, not 5. And what the heck do they mean by some time? It's going to run hot for some time. 5 months is some time, isn't it? Of course, Powell has even conceded that inflation is going to run longer than expected and hotter than expected, so probably well into next year. I mean, isn't that longer than some time? I don't know. You have these ill-defined terms, and that's exactly why they have these ill-defined terms, because they can wiggle and squish around and basically do what they want. Now, of course, Powell kept hammering on the supply chain problems. That's the narrative. We're getting the same narrative from the Fed. We're getting it from the Biden administration. The economy is booming. Americans are flush with cash, and they are demanding lots of goods. So the supply chain just can't keep up. 
That's why we're seeing empty shelves and rising prices. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg summed up the mainstream mantra. He said, demand is up because income is up, because the president has successfully guided this economy out of the teeth of a terrifying recession. Oh, thank you, Uncle Joe, for fixing the economy. Now, here's the thing. These people have the entire thing backward. The mainstream blames inflation on supply chain bottlenecks. In reality, Federal Reserve created inflation is causing the supply chain mess. Remember, inflation properly defined isn't rising prices. That's just a symptom of inflation, one of many. The real definition of inflation is an expansion in the money supply. So when you create money out of thin air and just hand it out to people, of course, that's going to increase demand. People have money to spend. But meanwhile, nobody's making anything. We're not getting any new stuff. So you have more people with more money chasing the same amount of stuff. Of course, there are going to be supply chain problems. Of course, prices are going to rise. That's what inflation does. Mises Institute senior editor Ryan McMakin summed it up perfectly. He wrote, if we look at the immense amount of new money created over the past 18 months, we should absolutely expect people to have more money sloshing around. But this also means a lot more pressure on the logistical infrastructure as people buy up more consumer goods. The idea that supply chain problems are driving inflation gets the causation backward. It's money supply inflation that's causing much of the supply chain problems, not the other way around. I'm going to link to an article in the show notes page that digs deeper into this uh, whole supply chain and inflation thing. So anyway, what's really going on here is the central bankers are grappling with reality. They know they can't raise interest rates without collapsing the entire house of cards economy, but they can't tell you that they can't raise interest rates. They can't let the cat out of the bag. So they have to keep claiming inflation is transitory and pretending they don't need to raise rates while hoping to God it doesn't get too out of control. The Bank of England is playing this same game. The BOE governor has been very hawkish in recent weeks. In speech after speech, he clearly telegraphed a coming rate hike. But the bank met this week and the expected rate hike never materialized. These people are walking a tightrope. I was talking about this months ago. It's a damned if you do, damned if you don't scenario. They can raise rates to fight inflation and collapse their economic recoveries, or they can keep the stimulus spigot open and throw more gasoline on the inflationary fire. The Fed is going the gasoline route while pretending there's no fire. It's like the guy smoking a cigarette while filling up his gas tank. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell went out of his way to emphasize that rate hikes aren't even in the discussion right now. And in response to a question, Powell emphatically insisted the Fed is not behind the curve on inflation, and he emphasized it would be inappropriate to raise rates at this time. That's the word he used, inappropriate to raise rates. Now, stop and think about this for a second doesn't really make sense, does it? The economy is strong. Powell keeps saying so. We have substantial progress. When asked why the pace of this taper will be faster than the QE taper after the 2008 financial crisis, Powell said it's because the economy is stronger now than it was then. So riddle me this, Batman. Why do we still need QE at all? 
Why do we need interest rates at zero? Why is it inappropriate to raise interest rates if the economy is so strong? Why do we need rates as low as they can possibly be without going negative? Why does a strong economy need all of this monetary support? Maybe because the only reason it looks strong is because all of the monetary support that's propping it up. And they know this, and they know they can't take the monetary support away. This is all smoke and mirrors. I think it's really important to keep this taper in perspective. It came as no surprise. I mean, they were going to have to taper sometime, right? You can't do emergency, extraordinary QE forever. And of course, the Fed has been jawboning about it for months. Really, in the big scheme of things, it isn't particularly significant. It does not signal tight monetary policy. It is simply slightly less loose than the extraordinarily loose monetary policy the central bank has been engaged in for more than 18 months. Think about this. Back in 2020, did you imagine that the Fed would still be running the exact same emergency QE that it launched when the economy was completely shut down, that we'd still be doing this over a year later? Even with this taper plan, QE is going to continue until at least the middle of the summer. So easing continues. Loose monetary policy continues. Money printing continues, despite inflation. I like Peter Schiff's analogy. The party goes on. They're still pouring alcohol into the punch bowl. The Fed is just saying they're going to reduce the amount of alcohol they pour into the bowl on a monthly basis. But they're not going to stop pouring alcohol in. So the partygoers are going to stay drunk, right? I mean, they're going to get even drunker. I still question whether the Fed can actually taper to the point that it ends QE altogether. The other side of this equation, of course, is government spending. I haven't talked about it on the show, but we got the final Treasury report for fiscal 2021 a few weeks ago. The deficit fell a tad short of the record that was set last year. It was a mere $2.77 trillion. But despite falling shy of the deficit record, Uncle Sam spent even more money in 2021 than it did during the depths of the 2020 coronavirus recession. Federal spending was up 4.2% in the last fiscal year. Uncle Sam blew through, get this, $6.82 trillion over the last 12 months. Now, do you think the Biden administration is going to suddenly stop spending money? Of course not. Just look at the debate in Congress right now. We may not have stimulus per se in 2022, but there's going to be an infrastructure bill. We're going to have sky-high budgets pushed by these Democrats. We're going to have money spent out the wazoo. They'll find all manner of things to spend money on. We had a spending problem before the pandemic. I mean, Trump was on track for a $1 trillion deficit before the Rona. That's on the level of the 2008 financial crisis deficit. So no, spending isn't going to suddenly stop. And don't believe Pelosi and company when they claim they're going to pay for this spending. Every time Congress wants to spend a bunch of money, politicians claim it will be paid for. They're debating this climate change uh, slash social spending bill now. It's like $1.75 trillion. According to a nonpartisan report that just came out, the taxes in the bill will only raise $1.5 trillion. So it's not going to raise enough money to cover all of the spending. But don't worry. Pelosi 
Pelosi says it's going to be paid for. They're going to save money by getting this, cutting costs in Medicare and with more efficient IRS tax collection. This is all BS. I've been alive a while, and I can't tell you how many times I've heard the government is going to save money by cutting costs in this or that program. It never happens. The cost cuts never come through. The costs always go up, and the tax revenue that they think they're going to collect is always overestimated because, you know, when they raise taxes, people figure out a way to avoid the taxes. What I'm getting at here is that Biden is going to keep spending, spending, spending. And that means the government is going to have to keep borrowing, borrowing, borrowing. So my question is this. How the hell is the Fed going to cut bond buying when the U.S. government needs it to keep its big fat thumb on the Treasury market in order to finance all of these spending schemes? The government can't borrow all of this money without the Fed monetizing the debt. And the Fed can't monetize the debt without buying bonds. But we're going to taper. I'm a tad skeptical. The market seems skeptical, too. Despite this big tightening announcement, the stock market barely blipped. And the gold market, it was clearly sell the rumor by the fact. You know, every time we've gotten hot inflation data, gold has sold off in recent months in anticipation of Fed tightening. Now that we have an official announcement that the Fed is going to tighten-ish, gold rallied. We're actually knocking on the door of $1,800 an ounce. So the markets are figuring out that transitory inflation isn't transitory. Actually, I think pretty much everybody knows that, right? But maybe they're realizing that the Fed can't really do anything about it. And that's really the key here. Now, the next big piece of news is going to be the October jobs market. In fact, it should be out right about now. So I'm going to put the, sh- uh, put the show on pause, and we're going to go see what the jobs report says. I'm going to break it live. We've done this three months in a row now. This is like the new uh, Friday gold wrap thing. So hold on just a second, and we'll go see what the jobs report is telling us. So it looks like we had 531,000 jobs added in October. The unemployment rate ticked down to 4.6%. The expectation, I think, was about 450,000 jobs created. So a little better than expected jobs report after two months of dismal jobs reports. Um, Gold is selling off on this news. I guess this means that the economy really is improving, so the Fed really is going to taper. They just announced it. Um, So, yeah, there's your jobs report. I'm sure we will get more into the details of the jobs report next week. I'm sure Peter will get into it in his podcast probably over the weekend, so check that out. As for me, I'm going to uh, call this a wrap. As always, I do highly recommend that you talk to a Shift Gold Precious Metal Specialist today. You can do that by calling 1-888-GOLD-160, or you can email them at info at shiftgold.com. The economy is nuts. Inflation is raging. You need to figure out how to protect your wealth in this crazy time. And a Shift Gold Precious Metal Specialist can help you do that. These guys are fantastic. They're knowledgeable. And they will look at your individual goals and your portfolio and help you figure out how precious metals can fit into your personal investment scheme. 
So that is a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more. And of course, keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week over at shiftgold.com news. You can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap podcast over at Apple Podcasts on the Shift Gold YouTube channel on Stitcher. Uh, there's links for all of that on the show notes page along with links to our social media channels. I really appreciate you listening to the show. I hope you have a fantastic weekend and I'll talk to you next time.